Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition for the last 30 years. It's Rosie on the House. On this beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. Wrapping up the coldest week so far in Arizona. I love the cold weather. Do you love the cold weather? I know Amanda does not like the cold weather. Going to see cold weather, which we're probably going to do. We're going to try and do a little sledding this weekend. In fact, uh, Snow Bowl has 26 inches that they've piled up this week. Wow. They could have as much as 10 more this weekend. And 40 of the 48 trails are open. Oh, perfect. So I don't mind going, but I like coming home. <laughs> That's fair. But the topic of today is not snowball. No. It's not snow. No. It's not the cold. Not in the 7 o'clock hour. In fact, it's the farthest away in Arizona you could get from Flagstaff, the lowest elevation in the state, but also home to the 11th largest city in the city largest county it's the only city in arizona that shares the same name as the county it's in and the median age is 31 and a half Roman, i didn't know there was a city in arizona that was the median age was 31 and a half that'd be, that'd be worth some research that's according to the u.s census 2017 wow. so well obviously 2018 is not in yet but so it's a young community <clears throat> what what would i be town would i be talking about you tell us. Yuma, Arizona. That is a destination for this month's staycation winter. Jack will be going on the weekend of the 19th and 20th. And to give listeners and all of our Arizona listeners kind of a preview to Yuma, if many of you have been through it, driving along I-8 on your way to San Diego, you stop for gas, fast food, you had no idea just south of where you stopped to fill up and tank up was 100,000 people living in that that area of Arizona and home to one of the largest agricultural industries in the entire state. We've got the executive director of the Chamber of Commerce, John Curtis, joining us this morning to help educate listeners about Yuma. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are we doing today? We are wonderful. Is the sun up there yet? Um, not quite. Not quite. Well, uh, thanks for being. Thank you yeah. for you being up. And joining us. Oh, absolutely. I, I appreciate the opportunity. I truly do. Thanks for, for having me on. What brought you to Yuma? Uh, that's a great story. I was uh, running a paper in Prescott, Arizona in 1999, and uh, the company that owned the newspaper said, we need a guy to come down and work on a couple of our weekly papers. Um, so it was supposed to be like a year and a half thing, come on down, uh, kind of straighten things out a little bit. And then you know, head back to Prescott. Well, you know, 19 years later, I'm the executive director of uh, Yuma's Chamber of Commerce. It's it's a it's a pretty special place. Uh, when I first told folks that I'd moved to Yuma from Prescott, they looked at me like I had three heads. Uh, it's it's a special place. Uh, I discussed Yuma and saying, we're south of California, we're east of Mexico, so we have to take care of ourselves. There's we we 
there's no other place to go get help or assistance. We we take care of ourselves. It's it's it's, it's neat. I've enjoyed every minute of my time here in Yuma. And you are your own economic island in a sense there, and there's a lot of things that contribute to that economy. Talk through going through Yuma. What what brings people there? What can sustain a community of a hundred thousand? It, it it's a special place. What I mentioned before. <clears throat> Um, our agriculture here is a three point now three point five billion dollar a year business, and when I say that, they they shrug their shoulders and say, okay, fine, three point five billion. But from November to April, if you're eating romaine lettuce, head lettuce, cauliflower, broccoli, it's coming from Yuma County. Uh, we feed the world uh, with a with the winter vegetable capital of the world, and the University of Arizona a couple of years back did what's called a location quotient. I transferred that into an industry quotient so I can say IQ. And their location quotient study said, we're going to look at cars as it relates to Detroit, technology to the Silicon Valley, uh, wine to the Napa Valley, agriculture to Yuma County. They did 25 of these studies across the country. And Yuma's IQ to agriculture is twice what wine is to the Napa Valley. That's so pretty significant. Compare, right. See, $3.5 billion, I've never seen that, but I've seen a bottle of wine. So if you, if you use wine as your common denominator, people say, okay, that's pretty impressive. So um, it, it, it's, it, it's not sexy. If you're looking for sexy, Scottsdale's your place or the gas lamp district in San Diego. But for Yuma, where it's a farm town, we take care of each other. Um, if they look you in the eye and make you a promise and live up to it, they, they really take care of each other. And the byproduct of the agriculture, you're talking you know, cars, trucks, uh, gasoline, fuel. And so according to the uh, University of Arizona study, 25% of Yuma's entire economy is based on agriculture. And we're going to talk about that in the 8 o'clock hour, the Outdoor Living Hour, with Julie Murphy with the Arizona Farm Bureau is bringing in a Yuma farmer to talk about uh, farm fresh lettuce as it is what's currently being harvested mm-hmm. here in the state of Arizona. Let's spend the rest of this time talking about the other 75%. So if it's not agriculture, what is it in Yuma? Oh, that's terrific. Now, you're going to get a chance to talk to Linda Morgan in the next half hour, the Visitors Bureau, the the. We, our economy is pretty much a milk stool. It's um, one leg is agriculture, one leg is tourism, and the third leg is military. When you look at Yuma Proving Ground, which is the size of Rhode Island, uh, General Patton said, I need to train my men. If we're going to be fighting in the desert in Africa, we need a place to train them. So he established Yuma Proving Ground, and we're talking And, and it's the size of, dollars. Of, of Rhode Island. Yes. Yeah. So, and there's hundreds of millions of dollars of testing going on there between General Motors and their hot test track, uh, the Orion space capsule, NASA, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was down here testing his fleet of drones. So there's that kind of military testing going on at Yuma Proving Ground. And then MCAS Yuma, it's the number one uh, military uh, probably marine air station in the country as far as takeoffs and landings. We got we have 364 days of flying. So if you're going to be testing the 
to extract fighter or testing carriers, you want to test and fly those things here out of Yuma. And it's, it's a huge economic driver. It truly is. And from Yuma, how much are you relying on? Uh, you, you had mentioned you're next to Mexico. You mentioned you're next to California. You're nestled on the far west side of Arizona. How big are imports to this town? Oh, it's huge. Uh, and that's a great question, by the way. We've got three people from Yuma on the Arizona-Mexico Commission, uh, Jonathan Lyons, Russ Jones, and Julie Engel. So when you talk about exports from the United States and Mexico or Arizona and Mexico, Mexico is Arizona's number one trading partner. And with Yuma, most of our farmers are farming both sides of the border. Most of our farmers um, understand that there's a whole fertile region here between uh, southeastern California and northern Mexico. So it's a, a mega region. Um, the Economic Development Corporation and the city and the county have created four front ED, uh, you know, four borders as an economic development driver. And it, you're looking at a million people. We're talking a, a ton of manufacturing, a ton of agriculture. So the growth down here in southwestern Arizona is really something special. And we'll get into a lot more of that. As you mentioned, we'll have another guest in the second part of this hour, Linda Morgan from uh, the Visit Yuma. Mm -hmm. And talking more of the tourists. And you mentioned uh, it's not the sexy place, but there's a lot of great things about Yuma, and we'll cover those specifically. But before we jump ahead to that, we were doing our research this week and had the opportunity to watch the Yuma uh, state of the city address from the mayor back in 2000, back in April of 2018. Yes. One of the interesting things he said in there is Yuma is the only city in Arizona to be listed the last two years as top 25 uh, community for growth for, by per capita from USA Today. That's significant. Oh, it, it's huge. And again, I love the fact that the state of the city address was done at the Chamber of Commerce's um, Good Morning Yuma Breakfast. And we have a great partnership with the city and the county. But when you look at the kind of growth that's happening here, it's smart growth. It's a combination of Yuma Regional Medical Center bringing in world-class physicians, the Yuma Regional Medical Center's Cancer Center. Uh, we are partnered up with the, uh, the Mayo Clinic. So you can do a, a telemedicine uh, through our cancer center here. You're looking at Arizona Western College is partnered up with all three state universities. U of A is here, ASU is here, NAU is here. Uh, we have master's degrees programs going on here. There's a lot of significant things happening. And, and the problem is we're, we're farmers, and farmers don't like to brag. So sometimes we have a tough time you know, telling our story because, um, one, we, it's, that's not in a farmer's nature to brag. Um, it's, it's not what we like to do down here, but there's a lot of significant things happening. And um, it, we're just kind of riding this wave of, of positivity, this wave of, of good, smart, positive growth. 
Well, and that's what Rosie on the House in this Travel Arizona Hour is all about, giving anyone and everyone the opportunity to share their Arizona story. We're talking about Yuma today. That's the destination we've picked for our staycation. We've got a wonderful staycation lined out. Jack was the winner, and we'll be detailing uh, the details of that a little bit later. But we're talking a little bit about what, what he can expect when he get there because when you think of tours, when you think of destinations, like John said when he told friends that he moved from Prescott to Yuma, they looked at him like he grew a third eye. What? Well, <coughs> we're sharing a little bit about what's so special about Yuma. Cruise it through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. When you think early American history, I think a lot of our minds go back to Plymouth Rock, Christopher Columbus, Plymouth Rock, Pilgrims, you know, the East Coast. You know, Spanish explorers were in Yuma 80 years before the Pilgrims ever hit Plymouth Rock. 1540 is the earliest recorded history in Yuma. The Yuma Crossing State Park covers five centuries of history. It was the primary crossing into California for hundreds of years, and there was lots of wars from, with the Spanish, with Indian tribes uh, over control of that passing. And did you know, this one blew my mind. You know what else blew my mind? The fact that lettuce is twice as important to Yuma as wine is to Napa Valley. That blows my mind. But, you know, the second most visited spot in the entire state is the Yuma prison. John, you've never been there as a as a mate, inmate, have you? No, the good, that's, that's good news, too. Um, it, was, it was closed uh, 33 years after it opened. It opened in 1876 and closed 33 years later when Florence was built. And um, some of the, the tourism stuff, hopefully, Linda will, will get to. But the cool part about the prison is it was the hellhole. Um, it had the first indoor plumbing in Arizona uh, was at the prison. It was it was technologically advanced for its day, but, of course, there was no air conditioning. It's hard to imagine um, that's the, the case when you look at the, the building itself and those wicked doors. The iron adobe walls oh, Ooh, gosh. yes <laughs> but the yuma high school they held classes there from 1910 to 1914 and legend says that's why how they got their nickname of the yuma high criminals it won uh, the second place in usa today's uh, uh, most interesting mascot names uh, so in the country, the, we came in second. We were looking for first, but <clears throat> we're the Yuma High Criminals, and it's a, it's a cool logo. It's, it's a cool history. Now, um, you brought it up, so I, and we didn't talk about this, so I may be putting you on the spot, but that reminds me, when, uh, when I was in high school, any time the Yuma Criminals showed up to a wrestling match, you could tell because their sweats were all inmate, old-school, black-and-white, horizontal stripes. Like, oh, Yuma's here. <laughs> Pretty distinct, yeah. Do they still wear that same horizontal stripe? Uh, Some, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. And they have a, a, a it's called crim wear. So you can buy the, the T-shirts and the sweatshirts with the criminal face on them. Uh, when you're, my kids are still in Southern California, so they're in, in Huntington Beach, and walk around with this hardened criminal face on their sweatshirts, and it's pretty rare stuff. But you, you think about that history, and you think about you know how that ties to Yuma, um, of course, it's it's a huge draw, but we've evolved from that. 
uh, from the prison and, and, and talking about it's so hot in Yuma. And I tell people after 110, it, it doesn't matter if you're in Phoenix, Albuquerque, Vegas, or, or Palm Springs. You know, hot is hot. Um, it's, it's so hot down there. It, 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 it truly isn't. It's the same. Um, but you think of the history of the prison. You think of the history of the high school uh, having classes at the prison and getting that name. It's 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 kind of fun and, and interesting. And talk for uh, we have just a few minutes left about the housing. So if you're not staying at the Yuma prison, thankfully that's been closed over a hundred <laughs> years, and that's impressive of itself that it was only open for thirty years, and a hundred plus years later, it's still the biggest, second biggest tourist attraction in the state. That really tells you about how unique this this prison was. But talk about uh, the historic districts for housing in Yuma. Y'all have. I printed off a list, and I didn't count, but there's over 100 properties here on the historical registry. Oh, yeah. The building I'm in this morning, the, the Yuma County Chamber of Commerce is housed in the old uh, city hall uh, built in uh, 1920. It's on the National Registry. These, these walls of this building are concrete. Um, there was a minor earthquake a couple weeks ago, and I didn't feel it. My wife called and said, do you feel that? <laughs> I'm in a concrete building, and it, it's and it's a when you think about there's haunted tours, and hopefully Linda will talk about that. We we, we talk about um, the hanging tree behind what is now City uh, City Hall. Uh, the ghost hunters uh, were down here from Phoenix a while back. It's steeped in tradition. You know, back in the day when the river was running wild, it was a mile wide. The steamboat captains of the day they were gods, and back in the late 1800s, this was a, a an interesting place as the river came through here and, and what that meant uh, to this city and, and how it grew as, as a, a river port and the, the only crossing um, to get from the East Coast to the West Coast during the 40, the gold rush was two ways to, to get to, to uh, Sacramento, and this was one of the ways they came across. This was the narrowest crossing of the Colorado, which is so popular. And still, but, um, at that time, it was still a mile wide. That was a narrow spot, and it was a mile wide. It could get it could get a mile wide, because there were no dams. You know, back in the late 1800s, <clears throat> there was no series of dams, so it was it was the narrowest, but it could also be one of the widest, depending upon storms, runoff, uh, a variety of things. It was a really wild river during its day. John Curtis, the executive director of the Yuma Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us and uh, getting all of our Arizona listeners in touch and a better feel for Yuma, just another one of the gyms that are here in the great state of Arizona. When we get back, we're going to be visiting with Lori Morgan from VisitYuma.com. Yuma, Arizona. Leave it up to Gary to find a song about Yuma. Is this sung by Lori Morgan? Yuma, Arizona, Sorry, wrong button. No, not quite. But she sounds like Lori. <laughs> I, going to the break, I said Lori Morgan. I apologize, Linda Morgan. Uh, I got that completely wrong. Welcome to the broadcast, and thanks for spending time this Saturday morning uh, to join us and help 
share the, the, the unique story about Yuma. One of the things we talked about agriculture a lot, and we'll get to tourism, but one of the fascinating things that I, I want that, that's on my Arizona site list is the Castle Dome Preserve. Talking about Yuma's mining history. Dewey has Young's Farm. Queen Creek has the Olive Mill. Wilcox has Apple Annie's. But Yuma has the Peanut Patch. You've got to check out the Peanut Patch. It also has an orchestra, a jazz company, and Weld Like a Girl, promoting welding and arts to women. A very fascinating standalone. You, you are a standalone uh, economy, really, out in the middle of you know, your, your three hours to San Diego, three hours to Phoenix. It's not a turnaround desk, you know, spot you go. You've got to make it on your own there. And talk to us a little bit this morning, Lori, about the tourism that brings people Linda. to Air. Linda. <laughs> I got Lori. I must have been listening to the cold country music this morning on the way in. <laughs> hey, Linda, go ahead and tell us, invite Arizona to Yuma. Well, Yuma is a little bit out here uh, in the middle of nowhere, but we're also on the way to a lot of different places. And so um, we have really turned the corner from being a stop-off location to a destination with a lot of the things that are going on. I'm really excited to talk about that a little bit this morning. Um, we have a lot of business travelers with our agriculture and our military and government and the railroad. Uh, a lot of business travelers come through Yuma and, and stay. Our military bases, especially the uh, YPG testing center, bring a lot of people um, from all over the world to test here. And then also we have um, our population nearly doubled because of the winter visitors in the winter time. And we have a lot of visitors. We're, we're a border town, and so we have a lot of visitors from our neighbors south of the border that come over. And um, it generates um, a lot of business for our local businesses. And as a result, tourism is our third largest economic driver be behind agriculture and the military. And uh, it does bring in about $635 million dollars um, in, in 2017, and uh, that's that's all good for us who live here because anything that we can do to make this a great place to visit also makes it a great place to live. And uh, now I'm I, not really a shopper, but uh, growing up, I remember a lot of people. It was the thing to go shopping in Mexico. We're going down to Nogales. We're going down to Douglas. You never think about Yuma and it being a place to cross into the border of Mexico. Where, where is that uh, port crossing, and what what's available on the south side of the border there? We actually have two. We have um, Los Algodones, which is about six miles from Yuma, and then we have um, the port of entry through San Luis Rio, Colorado. So we have San Luis, Arizona, and we have San Luis Rio, Colorado on the Mexico side. And um, that one is through, um, it's about 20 miles away from Yuma. That is a, a larger, major port, um, and Los Algodones is wonderful to go down and get some tacos, uh, get some tequila perhaps. Um, one of the big things is medical tourism. Um, both ports are, are really getting into that, so if you want to go down there for uh, dental work, eye care, um, and actually 
one of the things that's getting bigger and bigger is cosmetic surgery, that people are going down there um, for that. And so a lot of the visitors that we get from Canada um, and all over the Midwest, they come here to get um, those kind of services. I Very interesting. I, I do know a couple people that go down for their dental work and also had a work colleague that would go there for a type of cancer treatment because it's it, what they were getting is not regulated in the state, so they would have to go down south. So I, I never thought about that. Very interesting. What a, right. Back into Yuma, uh, in the research looking at the bike paths that y'all have are, I, I think, probably the best in any they, they rival with any city in Arizona. Well, you know, a lot of the work that has been done in the past 10 years on the riverfront, because the Colorado River does run right through here, but about 10 years ago you couldn't get to the river from Yuma, and so the city was very disconnected from the river, and um, the, the, we were declared a, a national heritage area, and... Um, got some funding to do some riverfront development. Now we have the east wetlands all the way to the west wetlands. We've got a beautiful castle park. We've got beaches, and you're absolutely right, riding trails, hiking trails all along the river. We've got some uh, really wonderful development that has gone on with the um, Hilton Garden Inn and the Pivot Point Conference Center, and... um, it's really made a huge difference. In now, all that bike riding and all that hiking, I'm, I'm getting hungry. And <laughs> Yuma, you know, it's, it's three hours from Phoenix, so it's not like I'm going to go there, spend the day, and come back. I'm probably going to stay. So talk me through what districts to go to for uh, great food. And I know it's, it's very hard, and I'm, as somebody who's the spokeswoman for tourism, you're to mention one restaurant, you feel an obligation to mention all 500 probably, but uh, <laughs> maybe just some areas and some standout points for both food and lodging while we're there. Well, we have over 4,000 hotel rooms in Yuma. Wow. That's a lot for a community of our size. And um, believe it or not, there are times when you cannot find a hotel room. Um, Vice President Pence was just here visiting, and his uh, staff and some Secret Service actually had to stay in El Centro and Welton because we were booked up. They didn't know anybody that could put them up at the military base for a night or two? (laughs) Well, they were booked as well, and they they came to us really late, and so uh, it was really difficult. But, you know, at certain times of the year we are just uh booked solid and all of our hotel occupancy rates are are up and our uh revenues are available room and, and all that so we're actually we have three new hotels under construction right now and um san luis is getting a new hotel so it's really hopping around here we're going to get even more hotel rooms we have hotels for every um, for every budget. We've got some really cute older hotels um, along the Fourth Avenue Strip, and um, that's what I'm looking for. Fourth Avenue Strip. Drive me down Fourth Avenue. What am I going to find? Well, um, 
for a long time, we had the oldest Best Western in the uh, United States, and we still have that hotel. They just don't have the Best Western um, flag anymore. But it's the um, uh, Coronado Historic uh, Motor Lodge, and um, they've remodeled it. It's got a really great restaurant with a lot of history in there, and they've got their own museum, and um, that's a lot of fun. Uh, to go and stay, there's a lot to see and do right there in that uh, in that hotel, and um, then it's um, it, it's just the old drag through town. It's not the downtown area um, because in the downtown area there's a lot to see and do, and it's it's very accessible to those um, beaches that I talked about. Um, but we we really do have a hotel for everyone for everyone's budget, nope. and then food. Yeah. We, we're right on the border, so we have delicious Mexican food. Um, actually, uh, Chili Pepper and Mr. G's um, have been voted uh, Best Burrito by um, USA Today. They ranked number eight um, right here in Yuma. And then Mr. last year in G's? May, it, Mr. G's, okay. um, the owners were the Gutierrez family, and um, Chili Pepper, they're owned by the same family two different parts of town, and um, then last year, um, Roger Naylor wrote about, um, in his uh, article on um, Mexican food, he wrote about chili peppers, burritos, and also our tacos and beer, um, which is a great upscale Mexican restaurant. Um, We've got a great outdoor um, patio, the Garden Cafe, which is open in the winter months, and it's delicious and a beautiful setting. They've got an aviary and um, a great local restaurant. We actually do some tours, a Savor Yuma tour that takes you to three different local restaurants in one night. Um, you know, you have uh, appetizers at one, super salad at the next, and then an entree and dessert at the third one. And uh, those always sell out. They're a lot of fun. Now, how long have you been in Yuma, Linda? I have been in Yuma since December of 2006. And from where? Well, I was born and raised in Tucson. I'm Arizona through and through. And then I spent 23 years up north in Flagstaff before coming to Yuma. One of the things that always drives me nuts about going to a Mexican food place is they drowned everything and salsa, and you go down to uh, Culiacan, you go down to Mazatlana. Authentic Mexican food is not drowned in cheese and sauce. And so, when you, you, being in Yuma, how authentic is that local, true Mexican cuisine? Well, you can definitely find that. One of the really fun things that that local people do a lot is um, go to our our taco trucks because there's pop-up taco trucks uh, all over the place. Um, you can go on 8th Street, and there's um, so many of them. So we'll we'll actually get a group of people and then just go have tacos here, have a taco here at this taco truck, have, have a taco at this taco truck, and keep on going. And then the last one's usually like the dessert taco truck. Um, dessert tacos, but. <laughs> It's very authentic. I'm busy taking notes. I got the 8th Street Taco. I got the 4th Avenue Strip. You had mentioned downtown. What road is that? It's Main Street. Main Street. Go figure. Main Uh Street. Easy enough. 
All right. Well, we've got one final segment here, Linda. We'll come back to you after our quick uh, commercial break and talk about things to do and events and festivals. There's all kinds of great family events that the city of Yuma puts on, as well as uh, talk about the staycation and where our winner, Jack, will be spending his time uh, coming up in about two weeks. It's our wide open road. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford. Linda, you had mentioned Roger Naylor, and it's interesting. He's actually featured in the Explore Arizona section of the Republic today talking about roadside oddities. Uh, Gary, you need a copy of this. Uh, Half of them mention stops on Route 66. Okay, I'm coming to get that. Including two guns, which I'd never heard of, but Mm -hmm. you knew the story of. There was a zoo there, and the poor guy that tried to get it going was mauled by a mountain lion, bitten by <laughs> yeah. a Gila monster. Yeah. yeah. A rough life trying to cr- attract tourism. Yeah, I'm going to assume his tombstone somewhere around there, too. Well, I think Roger Naylor won my forever loyalty with his recommendation of Satchmo's in Flagstaff. If all the restaurants he recommends are that good, I'm definitely then, following Then we got to get down to Mr. G's and Yuma. And Mr. G's, got that. Okay. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's Go. interesting. Uh, Roger Naylor wrote an article in our um, in our this year's visitors guide because he actually tells a story that he didn't think much of Yuma. He didn't like Yuma. It was the only place in Arizona that he didn't really care for. And then um, about ten years ago, the visitors bureau. I wasn't here, but they invited him to come back, and he uh, in the in the you know he wanted to do right by journalism, and so he he gave us another chance and. Now he loves Yuma, and he holds us up as an example. And um, so he wrote that story in our visitor's guide. You can see it online at our website, uh, which is just visityuma.com. Our new guide is at the bottom, and you can look at it digitally. But, yeah, we love Roger Naylor. A lot of people come to Arizona for the sunshine and the warm weather. According to the World Meteorological Society, Yuma receives more than 4,000 hours of sunlight per year. That's more than any other city, not in Arizona, not in America, but the world. More sunlight than any place in the world. Uh, Looking at the IB, I'm sorry, IMDB.com database, over 160 movie titles have been associated with Yuma, including Road to Morocco with Bob Hope. Train Robbers with John Wayne, and interestingly enough, not 310 to Yuma. What do you mean, not 310 to Yuma? Well, think about it. They never get there. Oh, so come on. Yeah. filmed in Yuma, yeah, but it still, would have been incorrect. It's last still scene. a movie and a remake. <laughs> yeah, they put him on the train, he whistles to the horse, and that's the end. <laughs> and national radio talk host Lou Dobbs got his start at KBLU in Yuma in the 70s. Wow. Little uh, humble Yuma. Coming uh, along. Uh, I never knew that about Lou. <laughs> so talk to us about the events that y'all have. You got you have the Lettuce Festival coming up. Um, no, not the Lettuce Festival. Um, we uh, we have things like Rio de Cerveza Brew Fest. If you like beer, it's the place to be in October. Um, the Colorado River. Uh, balloon festival if you like balloons they go up three days in a row um, we have beautiful glow on saturday night um what time of year is that linda pardon what time of year is the balloon fest that's in november okay it's always the weekend before thanksgiving 
So people can plan ahead uh, to, to make a visit to Yuma based on some of these cool things. Now we'll have to put that on our 2020 staycation. For sure. Because we've sure. already got this year planned mm -hmm. out. The Balloon Festival in Yuma in November. And talking about great food, the Summerton Tamale Festival is every December. It attracts over 30,000 people come out to this. They have so many different tamale vendors that are competing. And it's actually a fundraiser for Arizona State University scholarships. So all of your Phoenicians should make sure and come down to that. I'm on the um, list. And support that. It's a really great event. There's music and um, just great food. Well, and you mentioned Phoenix, and, and you also said you're from Tucson. Tucson's listening this morning on KGVY in Green Valley. Flagstaff, Sedona, Prescott, you're talking to uh, pretty much from Nogales to Flagstaff. This program's broadcast, and we invite anyone listening, no matter where you are in that er area, to come on out to uh, visit Yuma. You can go to visityuma.com, plan your trip. I've got mine, 8th Street, Tacos, 4th Avenue Strip, Main Street, Mr. G's, the Garden Cafe. Bring your mountain bike or your trail bike. Um, our staycation winner will be staying at the Shiloh Inns. They'll also be traveling with a Visa gift card and a Sanderson Ford vehicle of their choice. Gift basket from Coyote, Odie's, Arizona Highways, and they don't know it yet, but I'm calling the Peanut Patch, and I'm getting them set up with a huge uh, basket from peanut. Looking at their video, Mom, they make peanut candy. They make uh, peanut brittle. They make raw peanuts. It, it's. I'm, I'm going to go to Yuma for the peanut patch, and that's this month's staycation. If you're interested in winning a staycation next month in February, we shift to Tubac, and I didn't have all the details on it, but it's, apparently it's pretty special. If you're a golfer, uh, th this is one for you to enter. This February, we'll be in uh, Tubac at the uh, Tubac Golf Resort and Spa. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's actually a little bit of a special staycation this month. We uh, have the Swing Away Golf Package to give away to our winners. That includes uh, two rounds of 18 holes of golf per night. That's actually at a 27-hole uh, championship golf course, including a uh, Posada King Suite on top of that. With the, uh, the package, you actually get access to the sauna and the Whirlpool Spa, so you can, uh, if you have a bad round, you can go and try to uh, forget all about that. You can also, it's right next to the village of Tubac, they have the the Presidio Historic State Park, the Tubac Center of Arts. It's all right around the resort. You don't have to do much traveling. It's uh, its going to be, if I could win it, I would go ahead and try to do it myself. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Lance. That's our team member and one of our staycation chief engineers, Lance. Uh, he's been with Rosie on the house about six months and is doing a great job. And if you were listening today, you know that lettuce is to, more important to Yuma then wine is to what? If you know that answer, text it into 411923, and we'll send you uh, two passes to Arizona State Parks. You can go anywhere in the state of Arizona. There's 35 state parks, and we'll send you passes. Yuma is more, lettuce is more important to Yuma than wine is to what?